Hello, and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. My name is Chris Badgett, and today I'm joined by Esther Marie, and we're going to be talking about how to build an audience for your membership site or your online course with no list. So it's for the beginner. Thanks for coming on the show, Esther. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here. I love doing these kinds of things and taking knowledge and experience and passing it along. So happy to, happy to be here. Awesome. Well, we're glad to have you. I came across Esther in a Facebook group and, and we were just rapping about being online course creators. And I wanted to get her on the show because of all the experience she has with uh, curriculum design, launching courses, building courses. And uh, she's, she's got a lot of uh, nuggets of wisdom to share with you today. But first, Esther, tell us a little bit about, about yourself. Tell us your backstory. Where'd you come from? And, you know, what's your, what's your jam? What are you up to these days? <laughs> yeah, sure. So my primary business is Esther Marie Creative. And I create online e-courses for clients. I'll create workshop materials for them, for their workshops. A lot of repurposing of content. So if somebody has a lot of audio from something they did, I can turn it into a lead magnet or blog post. So I'm really a content creator in the e-course and workshop curriculum space. And how that came about was I'm actually a credential teacher. So I went to school to be a teacher and all that good stuff. I taught for a couple of years and I did a lot of curriculum design. I worked at schools, believe it or not, who had no curriculum and I had to write it all myself. <laughs> so I had a lot of experience in that and I really loved it. And then I also worked in software product management and software training. So I just kind of all of that merged together and being in the right place at the right time. I started working for uh, an online course and content creator kind of agency. And she kind of went off to do some other stuff and I just continued on it because I really was a merge of all of my passions. From that, I've created them for lots of clients and then I also did my own. So I kind of branched out and started doing my own as well because I, you know, I know how to do it. So I want to do it for myself. So that's turned into some different kinds of membership sites and things that I've been able to put together and put out there. Still learning, still growing, but also trying to give back and give some of the information out there too. That's awesome. Yeah, we talk about it a lot on the LMS cast show and, and in the Lifter LMS community that you really need a, the three-legged stool. One of those legs is expertise or knowledge. Um, the second leg is to be able to package that knowledge or the curriculum design, the instructional design that you do. And then the third is to have a some kind of system, online course or membership site or LMS system to actually deliver all that. If you're weak in any one of those three areas, you're just missing out on the opportunity to go from like pretty good to awesome. So yeah. I think a lot of experts make the mistake that they don't need help with curriculum design or they can do it themselves or they know how to do it properly. And I'm sure some have already figured out that it's great to get help from someone like yourself to to do that. So that's, that's awesome. Um, well, let's, let's talk a little bit about launching an online course. And I know you had a membership site. I get this question all the time at Lifter LMS. Uh, people are wondering, how do I launch? I'm a beginner. I have no email list. I'm not an experienced internet marketer. Uh, my stuff is awesome, but how do I launch with no list? And, and we, we, we wanted to talk to you about like, what are some ideas and some strategies that have worked for you to, to make that happen? Yeah. So that's what I did, basically. Um, my membership site is called Virtual Assistant Internship. And it's closed for enrollment until October. We'll be relaunching, not relaunching, but open for enrollment again. And I teach my target market is military wives and moms who want to be able to work from home, but they don't want to sell anything. 
So I'm going to actually be telling you from my exact experience what I did. And then I'm going to tell you what my results are. And it's so funny because I was just on a webinar yesterday by like a lead membership building expert. And he was saying to do exactly what I did and what I'm going to tell you. So I was like, wow, I was like ahead of the curve a little bit. I like nice. normal stuff. Okay. <laughs> so you're going to be getting some good, some good little tidbits here. Okay. So I had zero email list at all. I don't really like, I don't like marketing that much. I'm a creator. I like to create the course. I like to create the content. So the marketing part, I'm like, okay. Right. <laughs> so that's part of why I didn't really want to do an email list. And the other part was, I really know my target market and I know that they're just not in email as much as they're in other areas. So while emails, I totally know email's not dead. It's a great thing to do. I get all that, but I had to be realistic about where my target market were spending their time and where I was going to have the best reach and the best you know, maximizing my time that I was putting into it. So I could go down the email path all along, but if nobody's going to sign up or read it, what's the point? So I focused on Facebook, Facebook groups. That's where my girls are at. I'm a military spouse myself. That's why I created this was because I need a flexible career. I started as a VA years ago. And so I knew everything that there was to do. Um, and I will say to preface this with, I did a six month beta test and a six months of creating content as I went along with the beta test. So I just want to put that out there. I didn't just like hodgepodge this together and like launch like this. There was work that wasn't put into it. <laughs> Cause I think that that's a misconception sometimes like, no, I did a beta test and you really want to make sure you do that. But, um, so I, I'm in the Facebook groups for my local base, my military base in the area. And okay. I'm in Facebook groups for moms. There's two military bases here. So that's, that's my niche. Then I expanded to do military groups for military wives and also for moms all over the United States. I'm not like a shadow lurker in there. I don't just post my link to something and then peace out. I'm in there contributing, giving value, commenting, being in communication with different people all the time. And I post, you know, value stuff that's not selling things as well. So that's step one. Know your target market, know where they're at, go to where they're at. These are like the basics, the foundational stuff. So, so just... For your for your example, um, was your target market uh, military wives looking for new careers? Like, do, have they even have they thought of the VA career yet? Or no. you're coming in there like, hey, they don't even know what it is. Okay, that's yeah, awesome. They don't even know what it is. Yeah. So, so one of the best yeah. groups I got feedback from was my local base is Camp Pendleton, which is a major Marine Corps base, um, and it was who's hiring on Camp Pendleton. So I just posted my stuff in there. <laughs> so okay. here's what I did. I posted a couple of different things. One was I started my own Facebook group. And a failure that I see a lot of people do, not a failure, but like an issue, is they make it all about them. Like, Coach Bernadette here with my Facebook group. Come join it and learn all about me and the crap I'm going to post about myself. No. <laughs> right. I named my Facebook group How to Work From Home Without Selling Anything because that's what they're going to type into the search box. Okay. And that's what they want. So that's what I, if I put virtual assistant, they're not even going to know what that is. So I'm not going to put that in the title of my group. So that's something to think about too. What are your people looking for? That group has grown organically to almost 500 now in just like a short time. I don't even, I don't advertise it. I just do what I'm telling you. Um, so I just advertised that group in other Facebook groups where I knew my target market was at. And it just grew. It just grew and grew and grew. I offered value in there. I gave them, you know, Facebook lives and videos, some little eBooks, some junk, whatever. And not junk. I mean, it was good stuff, but it's like, it wasn't hard for me to do this. That's, that's my point. And then I just pitched my webinar to them and I had them sign up via web for the webinar that I was going to give to that Facebook group and to the other targeted Facebook groups. And for my first webinar, I would have between 20 and 50 that would register via the events. 
I would have around 15 or so show up and I would have a 50% close rate. So I did pretty, pretty well. And I only did, I did two or three webinars for my first launch and I had a very cheap membership site and I think I made two or $3,000. So that's, let let me just pull, let me pull out some nuggets there on your last point there, uh, 50% conversion rate on 20, 30 people or whatever. Like it's not about these giant numbers of hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands. You, you, you don't have to start with these huge numbers and You know, if you do get good conversion on three, five, 10, 20 people, you're onto something. And, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's a really big validation point. The other point I wanted to highlight on was you mentioned with these Facebook groups, uh, to, to use some terminology from a friend of mine, Chris Lemma, uh, you didn't make it about you, you made it about them. And also people are in their buying journey, they're either problem aware or solution aware. There's two, there's multiple steps in that journey. And you very astutely realize like they don't even know what VA, a virtual right. assistant is. And you, uh, so you start with the problem aware, what are the, the keywords they would type in when they're looking for solutions. And then the third point I wanted to bring up is you're also launching into a community that you understand as you've been through that journey or you, you live the same lifestyle. So you know, you know, the lingo, the ins and outs, it's easier for you to communicate. You're not selling to a niche or to a market that you know right. nothing about. So that's, that's awesome stuff. Yeah. It's worked really, really well. And so even when I've done webinars and I hardly even got people signing up from my current group, cause it's the same webinar over and over again. So after a while, they're not going to keep attending. So I've just marketed this webinar into other groups. I had 50 signups just from that too. So there's so much that you can do on where your target marketer at that doesn't have to be connected to an email list um, or a long list. So I was looking at somebody else's numbers. They had an email list of 700 and the amount of people that they had signed up for their webinar and convert was the same as mine. And I don't even have an email list. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I was like, all right, high five. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, the the email autoresponder lead magnet thing, maybe it wasn't really the jam for this group of people, but it was Facebook groups. For somebody else, it might be YouTube videos or, um, you know, Snapchats or whatever. I mean, it's very different depending upon what your target market is. Exactly. So that webinar converted into a course or membership? Is Is that what it was? Yeah. So it's a membership site and I've, I played around with pricing. I did the I had them buy for at a founding member price where they would have lifetime access. And I think I charged one nine seven for it. And I had a good amount of people join. And then I dropped the price down to, cause it's for military. And so I wanted to make it affordable. Um, I dropped it down to $30 per month. I tested it at $50 per month. But what I didn't do, this is a mistake is that I didn't limit enrollment. I just kind of always have like a, rolling enrollment and you can cancel whenever I had incentives for if they signed up right then on the webinar, like yeah. they, had, they got some calls with me. So you don't have to create anything else. This is another tip. And that worked great for them to sign up right away. But then when money got tight, they were canceling. So I've totally changed the way I'm doing it now. And I'm just limiting enrollment to certain times. And we're going to go through it as a group, go through the content together, but I'm changing it a little bit now. So that's one mistake that I made, but that's how the site works. It's a ton of content. I think I have 12 modules and, um, uh, worksheets and all that stuff. And I do new content on a recurring basis. So that's how it works. Awesome. And just to tie into something you said earlier on, I just want to make sure I understood you correctly when you said you had a beta period. Is mm-hmm. that, that would be like a pilot where you let some people into your membership to make sure that 
or and just workshop the material with them, got feedback and that sort of thing? Or did you mean a beta period on your marketing efforts? No, not on, on the, the product. On the product, yeah. which is so important. And I find even with my clients, it's the number one thing that's overlooked. You'll kind of have a few people kind of go through it, but you don't realize how valuable that beta test period is. So I did it with three girls. Every week we would have a meeting together and I would give them another bit of content, just like on a thing like Zoom here. Mm-hmm. And it would be a PowerPoint deck or I'd do it. Would you do that live? Yeah. Yeah. So it was just live. With the three girls. Yeah. And I recorded everything I did. This is the key. So I, so by the time it was time to go, I could have just put that stuff right into the membership site, but I, I, I re-recorded it because it wasn't totally applicable, but I had my slide decks already done. So that was easy. Mm-hmm. And then um, those three girls were my first testimonials. That is huge. So now you have testimonials when you go into your marketing phase. They're my biggest fans. They're my affiliates. They refer people to me. So that's why that beta test p- testing period is so important. Yeah, 100% agree with that. Like, it's important to get that concept of like, oh, I'm going to do 100 seats or 1,000 seats on my first launch. Why not start with three or five and, mm-hmm. you know, really make sure you have the best possible product and, and workshop your ideas. Yep. Make sure you can communicate what you're trying to train effectively. Yep. Well, how long did it take once you, after you got through the beta period, what was the timeline with working with the Facebook groups and everything into, you know, when you started launching and getting conversions into your webinar? Like how, what was that time? Like how much time did you spend in these Facebook groups before you launched and pitched I'm the laughing. webinar? What? I'm laughing because like, I'm a little crazy. Like I just go for it. So yeah. that's the lesson I hope that people can take away. I don't know what I'm doing sometimes. And I'm like, you know, I think this is going to work. I just just go for it. Imperfect steps. I just keep going. And then when it doesn't work out, okay, I'll just change direction. Like when the price point, people weren't really buying at this higher price. Okay, let's test a different price point. See how that goes. So that's why I'm kind of like laughing. So these Facebook groups, because I've been a member of the community for so long, like I'm a military wife, I've been in these groups for a really long time. Have I been Mm -hmm. super active in them? Not like a hundred percent, but I'm just like a normal person that's in there. So yeah. if your target market is very similar to you and you're already in those kinds of communities, those can be the first people that you kind of start to pitch some of your free content to, to lead into this more bigger site that you want to do eventually. So, but in terms of like, how long did it take me to like, start to send the webinar info out and then build up my, my group and get people on the webinar, maybe a month. Like not that long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. <laughs> that sounds good. And I like what you said earlier too, about in social media, you're not just like, Hey, look at me. Here's my stuff. You'd been a part of the community, been part of conversations of a non sales nature or whatever. I didn't have anything to sell. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think that's really important. Just social media is kind of designed to replicate real life or in-person life. And if somebody were to walk into your house and immediately just start sales pitching, you, it wouldn't go over so well. But if you'd already known them for a while and you're just sharing what it is you do and offer, it's a totally different experience. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Awesome. So even giving free content in those groups, that's not, you know, some long post that you wrote with a picture of yourself attached to it. Like, <laughs> yeah. That. nobody cares it's all about you if you did like a facebook live so i've done this facebook live um how, what kinds of jobs you can do from home for free no pitching nothing just here's a whole bunch of stuff you can do from home mm-hmm. and then if you want to join my facebook group that's all about how to work from home i do job postings in there blah, blah blah cool come and join but it's just giving value and building up that community and you're 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 a leader in that group right you're a thought leader now you're starting to turn from just being a member into being like a 
strong member. And for groups that have even just 500 people in them, that's, that's pretty powerful. That's a lot of people that you're getting in front of. Absolutely. And they're self-selected in that they're, I'm in a yes. group. That means we have a lot in common or yes. at least some decent overlap. Exactly. Well, well, what's just in general, what percentage of your time do you, with this project, would you spend on the content and then versus the marketing or the networking and so on marketing versus content? Um, I have decided. So before, so when I launched, I didn't even have all the content up on the site yet which is another great way to do it. Which you is just fine. Yeah. With like the first one or two weeks. And then I did it. I just kind of re-recorded things and got them up as I went, which was great. And the members were all fine with that. In fact, the members, this is a thing, like get over yourself because the members felt honored to be a part of it. They were like, wow, I didn't know that uh, you were still building it and you're taking my feedback into account. Like, that's cool. So they thought it was rad. So don't think that my thing's not done. I can't launch it. No, just go for it because you need the money that you can reinvest it into your marketing. So there's that. I hate marketing. It's my least favorite part. I, like I said, I'm the creator. So I can hop on a webinar and, and kick ass. I'll do great. But um, the filling of the webinar and writing the emails and making the landing page and making the marketing plan, like I would rather die. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not my thing. Some people I think are more one or the other. Um, so I say that now I'm trying to be more focused. I would, I would like to say 50, 50, um, mm -hmm percentage wise, I'm trying to be more focused and say, okay, this is my creation time. And this is my marketing time. Um, it's two different brains. Like, yes. Yeah. And they've been so yeah. interwoven yeah. that I was like, I got to create more content and I got to market. And then I just didn't like that. So right. I'm trying to get out of that and say, okay, no, the content's in a good spot right now. Let me take a break for three months from that. And now this quarter is going to be focused on marketing and filling it up. And then we'll go back and add more content. So that's kind of a different way that I'm trying to get into it now. Yeah. And just to pull out what you said about having your founding members, it's important to, cause you can easily go down the mindset of like, Oh, I'm an imposter. It's not even done. Or you can get all these like negative self-talk going of like, it's not finished. Therefore I can't sell it. Or people are going to think it's weird that I'm still making it while they're in there. But that's all like negative stuff. When the reality is you can put a positive spin on that. You can be a founding member or a pioneer or, you know, mm -hmm. the, the early the early bird people or whatever. And like you said, the reason you do that is not to sell something that doesn't exist. It's to sell something that you're passionate about, that you have some progress on, but then to get real time feedback and just make it better and better as you go, instead of making all of the assumptions, build this giant course mm -hmm. and launch it and find out you needed to make serious corrections earlier in the program. Right. And I would say too. remember, I had done that beta period with three people. So I had testimonials. I had great success stories. So it's not like they were, I was forcing them to buy into something that was kind of, I was like, I don't really know. I don't have any credibility behind me. Like, no, they saw that. They even talked to some of the girls. So yeah, that's the difference is yeah, what you said. <laughs> well, what's uh, what are some uh, common mistakes that you, happen to you or that you see other people doing in terms of uh, launching an online course as a beginner with no significant email list or resources? Um, I would say that the couple of things, one was what I said before of getting stuck and not moving ahead because it's not perfect. It's not how that guy is doing it. I don't have all the stuff done. I don't have any money. I don't have all of that stuff instead of just continuing to take steps forward. So it's almost just like constant problem solving. Okay. So I don't have any money for marketing. That was me. So what can I do? I can go into some Facebook groups. <laughs> I can provide free. Like that's why that came about. 
Um, so just taking some kind of steps and seeing where you can move forward and just like not letting anything stop you. Um, the other thing that I see a lot of is that your lead magnet, you know, what's attracting people to want to be on your list or in your Facebook group is crap. Like nobody wants a checklist anymore. Nobody wants like, you have to give away something that's actually valuable. So something that really is going to be helpful to people and not constantly trying to sell them stuff. So even once they join your email list, please don't just start pitching them five things per email after that. Like just continue to give them good value, build that rapport with them. And the more that more, I find this, the more good stuff that you're putting out, the more you're going to get back in general. So whenever I'm starting to feel like, I don't have clients or like, what's going on? My members are leaving. I say, okay, calm down. You need to get some good content out there and you need to start giving them some stuff because then they're going to feel like they want to reciprocate or just, that's just how the world works. <laughs> so that's one thing too. And then, um, not wanting to invest any money at all. So my problem was that when I finally made that money for my initial founding members, I did reinvest some of it, but some of it I needed to use to pay the rent. So right. <laughs> which happens sometimes. And so things have grown slower because of that, but that's okay. That's okay. That's just how, that's how it's going to go. Um, and also just realizing that in order to build that list and build that Facebook group, sometimes I would have to do like some $5 ads here and there. So you are going to have to invest a little bit of money in order to build that but not, you know, you don't need $2,000 to get people to sign up for your webinar. Like, no, please don't do that. <laughs> That's awesome. Good stuff there. So uh, go ahead and, and, and get out of the negative self-talk and, um, uh, and, and don't use the money excuse. That's a big one. I see it a lot. So I just want to give a few strategies on that. And I want to tie it back just again to the importance of doing a beta or a pilot, whatever mm -hmm. you want to call it. It doesn't take a lot of money to send somebody a PayPal invoice or even a check in the mail, cash in hand, and then do some manage the whole training through Skype and email, free services to get your validation and figure out what you're going to build and then to launch without having the full major course created. So it's not something that you necessarily have to go upside down on mm -hmm. and go into debt to start and really you shouldn't you should validate it small or yeah. you, you and then reinvest like you said as, as yeah. you go and but take care of yourself too if you got to pay the bills or go yeah. celebrate or whatever you should absolutely yeah. do that yeah I think that's an important one like I I didn't go into debt with this I didn't go upside down ever and I made a point of doing that because it was like it's, it's validation too so it's like if I'm not progressing and if this isn't making money then then like <laughs> I'm gonna have to find some free options to keep it going if I really believe in it but yeah, I didn't ever have that kind of an issue with it. I, if I made some money, okay, so I'd reinvest some of it and some of it I'd use to pay the bills. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I'd like to do a bonus round with you, Esther, because you have oh, so all the, we're talking about launching with no list, but I want to see if we can get some nuggets of wisdom out of you about curriculum design or instructional oh, okay. design. <laughs> if sure. somebody is an expert at a topic, whatever that may be, um, you know, what are some of the mistakes that you see people making when they, when the expert transitions over to creating content for an online training? And then what do you recommend as some frameworks or some tools that people can use as a beginner to start, you know, increasing their uh, instructional design chops and creating valuable training content that makes sense? Sure. Okay. So probably the biggest issue that I see, and this is with like some of my high, 
and speakers that I work with. They're all, they're almost the worst because they're amazing at speaking. They're brilliant, but it's all in here. And they just, they're used to just speaking like as a, a, a keynote or really more like selling from stage type things, not interacting. Right. And so when you transition that into a course, a workshop, anything, any kind of instructional design, it's not going to work. I can't talk at you for two hours and you take notes and this is going to be a really valuable thing. Your learners, they're not going to retain it. They can't retain that. Their attention spans, our attention spans as human beings are not that long. And also we have all different kinds of learning styles. And so me sitting here listening to you is not going to work. So you have to get out of that way of doing it. It works for when you're, you know, a keynote, maybe because you're only up there for an hour and a half, right? And you can't interact with thousands of people. You could, I do, but not when I speak, I'm very interactive, but not everybody, you know, you can't always do that if you have a lot of information to get across. So when you transition into this world of, you know, an in-person workshop or an online course or whatever it may be, you want to make sure that your learners, even if they're watching it, are having actionable things that they are able to do and that you're also getting the information across in a variety of different ways. So one thing I've been uh, learning that I really want to enhance, and I'm trying to find some more resources on this, is how to make my presentations even more visual, even more uh, compelling, so that it's not just words on a PowerPoint. So that's one thing you can do to enhance. Uh, your worksheets and your workbook, please do not make fill-in-the-blank worksheets. Like, this is my nemesis. <laughs> you don't want people just to, like, be listening for words to put in. This is not a worksheet. The worksheets and materials are supposed to help the learners take it deeper. How can they apply it to themselves? So, yeah, there's going to be some spots for, like, the main points that you want them to note down. But the rest of this content should be how are they applying it to themselves? And take a minute and stop and say, hey, I want you to fill out number two. I want you to think about X, Y, and Z. And then talk about it with the people at your table. And then now let's come back and keep going. So these kinds of, that's how you have to change how you're used to writing or speaking or whatever and make it more interactive, make people able to really apply it to themselves and take it to the next step. So those are probably my biggest tips. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying. You could be in the rhythm of just delivering content and then the person is just being passive. Okay, I'm receiving this information, but then you can make it personal and then you can also make it active so mm -hmm. they can have to do something and then apply it to their exact situation. So that's, yep. that's really good. Well, I appreciate that. Well, Esther, where, where can people find out more about you and all the goodness you have going on? Sure. So I would love it if people would come to my page, facebook.com slash Esther Marie creative. I always have goodies on there and I'm actually launching a free course all about outsourcing. So how you can outsource your e-course and get it done. All of the tips and tricks that uh, are from me. So there's all kinds of good stuff on there, but that's the thing that I would love to offer you guys. You can sign up for that on my page, Esther Marie Creative. Easy. That's awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the show, Esther, and we'll catch you in the next one.